Welcome to the Innovative Leader Podcast, featuring Christy Geiger, Executive Coach with Synergy Strategies, and David Phillips, Professor, Consultant, and Coach. Hey, this is Christy Geiger with Synergy Strategies, here with David Phillips and your Innovative Leader Podcast. Today, we wanted to put together something on organizational change theory. And David and his doctorate program have put together a outline for organizational change theory that really helps to think through what are the questions that you need to ask? What is the process that you need to go through in order to create this change? And right now with COVID-19, and it can be applied to any challenging time, really, how do we begin to innovate and adapt our organizations? And so today we're going to go through that. David, you want to kick that off? Yeah. So, um, so kind of the basis for this was um, in my doctoral work, I did some, some thoughts on uh, individual change. And then being the, the nerd that I am, I went into an, a master's program in communication. And um, so this was kind of born out of it on uh, in organizational change. So um so the first piece of this really is to, to gather your team, gather your group, uh, especially for a small business. Um, you want to gather the people who are, who are influential, um, your stakeholders, your, uh, your employees, um, people who have a history with your, your organization. Perfect. And if you don't, sorry to interrupt. So if you are maybe a solopreneur, independent person, you might gather a mastermind group or a group of colleagues, people in your same industry, people um, just who are willing to collaborate with you. So bottom line, you're bringing a group together. And just to back up real quick, there's seven steps to this change Mm -hmm. process, right? Yep. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to look at, spend most of our time in two of them. Um, so developing a current reality and then developing a, a strategy. Um, but yeah, there's seven, seven pieces to the, pieces to this. So, um, so yeah, so you gather your team, your class, your master group, um, your influentials. And then the second piece is you begin to define reality. And, and, and this is important because, um, you can't understand where you're going until you understood, understand how you got where you are. Um, the, the past provides a, a trajectory if it's left unchanged. And so, so this reality, this is, this is in essence saying this is who we are and this is how we got here. Um, and here I'll just th- throw out some questions to ask. Um, and Christy, interrupt me if, uh, if, if you want to um, uh, make some comments. Okay. But, but the first is like, where did you come from? Uh, how did you know? Tell, give the history of the organization. Um, what's been your story from the beginning? If if it's an older organization, what's what's it been like the last twenty five years? What's the last ten years been like? What's the last five, the last two, the last year? Break it down into to a timeline. Now, just, is this trying to get into your? maybe part of your purpose or your mission? Like, why do we exist? Why were we created? What are we trying to accomplish? Like, is it that part of the story? Yeah. So it's, it's, why did we even do this in the first place? What was the motivation behind it? What was the, the core purpose whenever we started? And then, then if you begin to look at the, at the last 25 years, in some cases, you know, um, it may be longer, but, I just go back to 25 years. If you begin to look there, then you can be, you maybe can begin to see how did that purpose change? What happened? There were historical moments that, that, that maybe created a transition in your organization. What was it? How did that feel? Um, so, so you begin to, it's, it's just looking at trying to uncover um, events or, um, feelings or emotions or pain points or uh, cultural events that are part of your story because that story defines you. It defines who you are um, as a person. It also defines who your business is. And, and COVID right now is, is 
really stretching organizations um, to define who they are and how they're going to function. And it, and it, it, it in, in 10 years, when they look back at the story of COVID, it's going to be impactful one way or the other, positively or negatively. So it really is, why did we start this in the first place? What launched it? And then how has our world, our culture, um, the events in our world, personal events that happened that impacted the way I ran the business? Uh, how did, how did, what, how did all of those come about? How does that look on your, on your corporate timeline or your organizational timeline? Um, does that make sense? Yeah, let's go back and break that down just a little bit. So when we're looking at where did I come from, how do we get here, there's kind of this bigger picture. And you were talking about our motivation, our core purpose. And is the purpose of doing that to kind of strip down the essence of your business so that as yep. you begin to change and evolve, you don't lose the core of who you are and the core of what you're about. So you're kind of calling out the past to go, oh, we've been here and here and, you know, we've been all over to these different places, but really the essence of what we're about is this, like, is that what you're doing is filtering and extracting this bottom line of what you're about or how would you say that? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's good. Let me give an example. So, um, so years ago, I'm, I'm 50 years ago, I used to listen to vinyl. That's all we had. Um, then came the eight track and then came the cassette and then came the DVD and then ultimate, I mean the CD and then ultimately we're streaming music now. Right. So years ago you had record companies and they, in some cases are even still called record companies who made vinyl. And a lot of those vinyl companies went out of business when the CD came around. And the, the, what happened was they didn't realize they were in the music media platform. They weren't in the record-making business. They were in the music distribution business. And so all those companies who thought they were simply just a record company went out of business because, because their identity was... Uh, everything had, had, had transformed. They, they just thought of themselves as a record company and, but they didn't define really who they were in terms of what they did. They were a music distribution, a, a media, music media distribution company, not a record company. And so ultimately what we're, we're what we're trying to do is we're trying to strip all this at, all this stuff out to say, get to the core of who you are and get to the core of why you got in this in the first place and, and try to, to navigate, um, try to strip out all the, the superfluous stuff from the past, uh, ever how long you've been in business so that you can, you can get back to an identity. Mm-hmm. Or even your last evolution or whatever. Or, yeah. Your last evolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're really, it's about getting bigger than your product, bigger than the transaction of what you do or how you've been doing business. And it's kind of boiling down to this snapshot or this, this core, I don't want to keep using the word essence, but it's the value or solution that you ultimately provide. It kind of reminds me of the Simon Sinek, um, the why, like what really Mm -hmm. is your why? What is this compelling core thing? And that as you build on that why, the what can change over time. But when we come back to the center, it's really this why, what is the solution? I'm trying to bring peace. I'm trying to bring comfort. I'm trying to offer simplicity, whatever it is, that, that the core is not necessarily your transactional product, but what you are creating with your company and the things that you do. No, that's perfect. That's the perfect way to sum that up. And so, yeah, so that's, that's what has been your story. And then if, if it were me, um, because I'm a visual learner and and I see it, um, I would, I would create a visual timeline. This happened at this point, this happened at this point and just start marking those on the timeline. 
And then you might begin to see patterns, uh, either economic patterns. You might begin to see um, personal life patterns. You might begin to see cultural patterns um, that 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 ha- that have that has impacted um, your organization over the past you know X years. So you could almost do a visual timeline. And to me, I would see myself putting the what did I do? Because I think it's so easy to think in the what, which accidentally steals the why often. Mm -hmm. So just get it out of your head. Be like, okay, we did this, this, and this. But then to go back and be like, why did we do that? Why did we do that? What was this about? What were we trying to accomplish? What were we really doing? And how do all these things connect? Right. Okay, great. So you kind of have this foundational look of who you are, your identity, then what's next? Yeah, then take a look at what you're doing now and how are you defining your organization now? Mm-hmm. So what, you know, we say a lot of things that we, that we don't really do. So, you know, we say we have this mission to do X, Y, and Z, and we're really doing A, B, and C. So, Define yourself now. What are you doing in practice? How are you marketing yourself? And then how do you, how do you think you are defining yourself? And where does that divide? Mm-hmm. Where is that, that division between what you think you're, you're, you're doing and what you're actually doing? Because, so you're looking a bit at, sorry, go ahead. No, go Go ahead. So then you're looking back and then you kind of come into present time. Right. You're looking at the now. Whatever's creating the challenge, but the present reality of, okay, we said we were doing X, Y, Z. We really were doing ABC. So this is really who we've been, which then tips into who we are, whatever has created this challenge. Yep. And so we've been, where have we been? And, And in essence, who are we? And the, the way, the additional question, uh, a couple of questions that, that kind of work in that is how have others defined us? The, the problem for, for many organizations is they don't know how they're seen outside of their own viewpoint, outside of their own perspective. Mm-hmm. And so look at, look at how other look and listen to see how other people are defining you. Perfect. Uh, that can be part of kind of this current, who are, right. are we, our own thoughts, what others say, maybe that's done by a little bit of a survey or some market research or a really simple, easy Facebook post. And right. Facebook reviews. People respond. Yeah. Reviews, those kinds of mm-hmm. things. And so you're looking at, at how the market sees you. Um, then what what changes have happened in the market f- from the beginning? So let's go back to who we are and who we who we you know who we were, then who we are, and then look at what's happened in the market, and that potentially can that helps us reframe and rethink uh, some of the why. It's it's not the why the what, so we've we've kind of defined your why, or your why, and now some of these changes in the market that has those have affected our what. Uh, changes in the market changes culturally, you know, a nine eleven, COVID, um, uh, the dot com buzz, the dot com bubble, uh, the housing bubble, you know, those kinds of things. And so that helps us understand what we may have done differently and explain some of that. So those are some things that kind of go back to that, that whole visual timeline uh, in helping us understand um, the changes that, that, that have, that may have moved us away from that core. So I just want to clarify. So is that, because it sounds like two things to me. So I get the back, the current time, and then the challenge. Part of it sounds like the challenge is still looking back, like, oh, these are things that influenced us and changed us. 
versus like there's kind of back and that's like quadrant A. And then B, we go, okay, current time, who are we? Who do other people think we are? Whatever. Right. And then, and maybe I'm misunderstanding it, but to me, it seems like then there's C, which is the challenge. What has happened? So for right now, we're really talking about COVID-19. It's a significant impact that has happened. And that creates ripples in our culture, the market, what people need, what people want, what people do, like how has it impacted us is kind of present. But are you saying not that way or how how are you saying? No, I'm saying it. So you can use it that way. Obviously, that's a good way to look at that. But it also impacts your corporate history, organizational history, because it shows the what. So this world event happened. What did I do in response to that? And did it take it take me away from the why to use the next terms? Mm-hmm. Which, which again, kind of help you figure out where you are now. But it, it's also what is happening in the market today? What changes are going on? culturally, economically, technologically, politically. And that that begins to help you develop your strategy. But but when you look back at it, it also helps you understand how you got to where you are. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 kind of a both and and then another aspect of that is um now if you're a solopreneur, something like that, this may not um uh be as impactful in some cases, but how has leadership affected the organization? If you've, if if there's been a change in the leader's story, um, a health crisis, uh, a death, then that potentially could change the, the direction of the organization. So that's another aspect that kind of helps you get to where you are today. Uh, the current situation. And then as you look forward, it, it, it becomes part of the strategy of, of how do we, how do we tweak and how do we make changes and those kinds of things. So, you know, are you looking at retirement? Are you looking at, um, do you have a spouse that's sick that may pass away? I mean, that's just a reality. Um, uh, a bankruptcy. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of personal things that impact the leader's story, which will then impact the organization's story. Mm-hmm. Does that make and sense? You're just broadening that out to yep. not just be applying to COVID, but the challenge or a precipitating change could be many things. It could be an illness. It could be whatever in the future, some other situation that precipitates this evaluation right. or the change that's going on. Yep. So all we're doing is we're evaluating where we came from, and where we are right now. And once we pull all of that together, then we can paint a picture of who we really are. What's our current identity? Mm -hmm. What do we really do? What do we say we do? Now, how do we get those to match? Because we out individually, we all act out of our identity. Mm -hmm. Identity drives behavior. And your identity as an organization will drive what you do and how you do and, and, and ultimately how you do it. The practice of what you do will be driven by who you are. It shows up in reality. And does, um, does that point kind of tip into step three where step three is developing a new adapted strategy? Right. You're kind of getting the information for what this new strategy is going to be. Based on not only your current identity, but are the needs kind of from that challenge is where you're identifying what is the change and what is our identity. So how do we help to provide for that or what solution do we offer for that? That's kind of buttoned up in our identity, which then begins to inform that step three, or is that premature? Yeah, no, that's that's a perfect way to say it. So, So the way I think of it is... The, the question I want to ask myself is, is this the identity that I really want for my organization? Mm-hmm. And, and then from there, you develop your strategy. 
So let's go into that just for a second, because I think that can be sometimes confusing, this piece between, um, you know, it's like that Wayne Gretzky quote about um, skating to where the puck is going to be instead of where the puck is. And I think sometimes it's confusing or it can be challenging to not accidentally to be skating to the puck. And sometimes our challenge or the situation becomes the puck that we skate to. So then we're like, oh man, this is happening. This is happening. What can we do to help? Mm-hmm. And kind of the sky is falling. One, everyone runs around, whatever. Right. So is it, to me, it seems like sometimes, how do you make sure that you are not reacting to the challenge and addressing something short term and that you're really getting out ahead of it and looking at the challenge and the impact so that you're actually assessing the challenge and applying it to your identity and what you have to offer forward looking and not reactive. How are you proactive future focus versus reactive current focus? Yeah. So featuring is featuring is um, that's a fun, that's a fun topic. It's almost something that, that we could spend up. It would be behoove us to spend a whole podcast on. Um, the the way I the way I look at it is, and and I got this from my my doctoral mentor. He used to watch, he used to record shows uh, uh, on his DVR, and he he wouldn't watch the show. He would watch the commercials. Because he said the commercial is really what where where the marketing is trying to take us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the problem is, especially for for most small business owners, um, is we have so much to do that we can't we don't take the time to think about those things, mm-hmm. and. So there's got to be space made in your work life to begin to look and see, try to look down the road. Um, I, I think it's I think of it like a football, like in football, where you you're the quarterback and you're trying to throw the ball, you're trying to throw your receiver open, throw it to where the receiver is going to be, not where he is. And to do that, you have to read the defense. You have to understand what the defense is doing. And if you can do that, then you can throw it to the right receiver at the right time. And th- when you throw it, you're, you're obviously going to throw it before the receiver gets to where you're throwing it. So a lot of what a lot of the hard work is essentially predicting the future. But it is it is looking at the signs of culture. What's popping up? What's popping up in your in your community? Right. So if you're driving down the road and you um, um, you have your favorite um, Mexican restaurant, uh-huh. and then six months later you have another Mexican restaurant pop up, and then a year later you have another one pop up. One of two things is happening. People really like Mexican and the, 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 uh, or not one of two, but a couple of things are happening. Either there's so much growth in your community that there's a need for multiple Mexican restaurants, but that can also mean there is an influx of Hispanics in your community. And so if your product or service can relate to a, a people group, then that's, a, that's an opportunity for you. If, on the other hand, you see a lot of title pawn shops opening, that presents another aspect of culture, another thing that's going on. So it's, it's looking around and noticing what's going on culturally in your own community and then 
in a bigger framework, what's, how are people trying to woo you uh, through marketing? Um, where are they trying to take you? But it takes time. It takes carving out time to look and then begin to put the pieces together. So it is, um, it is viewing the individual items. This goes to, to kind of what I call the micro-macro mindset. <laughs> so it's, it's seeing the, the individual things that are happening and then be, being able to place them in a way that you can see what's happening in the bigger picture. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's good. To me, it reminds me of what we talk about in coaching about getting up in the helicopter. And a lot of times we're running through the forest of our business or our lives or a situation that it is difficult to really get that perspective. And so you, as a leader, you have to have space for yourself to literally get up in the helicopter to get above the forest so mm-hmm. that you can see, you can see where the forest ends. You can see what's in the forest. You can see, you know, if there is opposition coming, there's a river coming, what's, what's going on that you can see that bigger picture. So I think it speaks to the bigger picture. The other thing it kind of reminds me of is a bit of a pitfall that sometimes can happen when we're looking big picture. And sometimes when we're looking big picture, you begin to notice what everybody else is doing. And I think there's a balance of noticing without a kind of getting the shiny diamond where you're like, oh, look at everyone's doing that. I should do that too. Or to suddenly get imposter syndrome where you're like, wow, everybody's written a book. What could I possibly write on or whatever? Where some, some imposter syndrome shows up because it seems like that whole need is covered and there's nothing left to be done. So sometimes when you look big picture, you can start to do that. And it reminds me about this balance of you're looking out in order to understand the needs and you're looking out to understand the wants of culture, so to speak. But then you have to come back inside to look at your passions, Mm -hmm. your identity, like you were saying at the beginning of why you're doing that step first is because it comes back to the heart of who you are so that you're not making this decision just, you know, oh, it looks like we should start making tamales and delivering them to the door. You're not just trying to get ahead of the competition by doing what the competition is doing. You're looking out to understand the need, but then you're coming back and you're saying, okay, what is our passion? What is our purpose? Why do we do what we do? And how do we serve this gap? What is the gap? What is the need? And how can our skill set and our gifts help to close that gap and add value to others? Right. No, that, that's exactly right. Um, and and I, I really do like the way you, you, okay, you put cool. that. Yeah. So then that all kind of shapes this current identity. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of have this picture and I'm guessing you're starting to get some ideas of things that you can do. Does right. that tip you into stage three? Yep, it does. Do you start that brainstorming in stage two or three? Yep. Start, you, you, you start it in, in stage three, step three. All right. What's stage so, three about? Yeah. So this is where you're, you're looking at developing that strategy. So you're taking your who, this is who I am. This is how I've defined myself and how I want to define myself in the future. This is my passion, my, my heart. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm good at. So all of that is, is kind of formulated. You have a picture of who you are and your identity and your organization's identity. And then you say, here's what I have been doing. How do I shape that to my identity? How do I shape that to the organization's identity? And so some questions that you ask, what is my product or service? You know, what are its strengths, its weaknesses, its limitations, you know, things like, then you get into business things like cost structure and profit margin. But one of the things that, that I think you need to ask is what type of economy and culture is required for this to be effective? Cause you may try to do something and be in the wrong spot for it. 
Good. What other questions like that? That's a great question. What is required for this to be effective? Uh, what is the cost structure? And not that you need to get into scarcity thinking like, oh, nobody can afford this. Don't right. be, watch out to not be uh, fortune telling or, or leaning into and making decisions for other people. But also be reasonable. Right. Kind of a case, but maybe modifying an offering of a group thing or whatever, some way that you're modifying your offering to accommodate the current reality. Right, exactly. Um, because you know, you don't want to try to sell um, a, a, something that costs ten thousand dollars in a community with a lot of uh, title pawn shops. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just unless you're selling a car, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so you got to you got to think about those things. Then, you know, you move to competition. Um, Who or what is my competition? You know, and then then this is where you begin to analyze, does somebody have the same product or service? What what opportunity is being met by the competition? Are we similar? How are we similar? How are we different? What opportunity do we meet that they don't? What opportunity do they meet that we don't? How does it impact us? How does it impact the future? And so, so you, you kind of go from your product and service to who, who is your competitor and how are they, you know, essentially doing what, what you do um, and how are you doing it better than them or how are you doing it different from them and what needs are you meeting that they're not? Um, yeah, that's great. It reminds me somewhat too of where some partners can be, develop too, that sometimes this is an opportunity to look for complementary businesses, complementary partners. A simple story, one of my favorite stories um, is how the ice cream cone was developed at the St. Louis World Fair. And uh, the St. Louis World's Fair won whatever, when that was happening, was really hot. Mm -hmm. And the waffle cart was not selling any waffles because it was so hot. So everybody wanted ice cream. And so the ice cream stand was very loaded and full of lines and whatnot. And the the guy ran out of bowls, but he still had ice cream left. And he looked around and he has this waffle cart next to him. And so the waffle guy rolls up his waffle and he goes, put your ice cream on top of my waffle. And so that was the birth of the ice cream cone was out of the St. Louis World's Fair because that waffle man adapted to what was going on. He wasn't selling. He didn't get a scarcity mindset. He didn't pack up his goods and shut down and go home. He looked, what do they need? What is the need? And he adapted. Right. Absolutely. And to me, some of these, those questions that I ask and um, the, the partnership idea is a great idea because you could bring, um, you could have, you could have another, you could meet someone uh, or have a friend who does something that could potentially partner with you, <clears throat> but it, it could also be a, a springboard for innovation mm. as well. Um, but that really, for those things are really to me under um, more of a, a micro um, thought process. You're looking at the details. Mm-hmm. Um, then you, you begin to move into a macro process this is this is kind of the the macro that i how i think of macro and the question is what are we doing now the question is how do we translate what we're doing now into an organization that can grow and adapt and that's the futuring aspect how can we how can we translate what we're doing now into an organization that can grow and adapt what bigger product or service can we offer what would be an example of that. Uh, A little bit, it reminds me, and I don't know if this is relevant to that piece, but another story that I love is Toyota. And Toyota has really started out as a sewing machine company. Mm-hmm. And the Toyota logo is the eye of a needle with the yeah. thread. And that at some point, they evolved over into cars and then they saw themselves as a machinery company, not a sewing machine company. Right. And that's, that's kind of the, the mindset. And say more. Yeah. So 
Um, just trying to think of an uh, of another example, but so if 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 you, I guess it goes back to that record idea that I was talking about earlier that that you're not you're not a record company. You you have to see yourself bigger than that. Uh, because what you don't want to do is create an organization that can't adapt and grow. So I have this service, I have this product. How can I make it um, adaptable? Um, and, and again, I'm, I'm just going to go back to that record record idea that record companies were media distribution companies. They weren't record companies and may have made vinyl, but they weren't, they weren't record companies. And if they had seen themselves as record companies, then they could have been adaptable to when cassettes, eight tracks and cassettes and CDs came along and, and they could have stayed in business. Uh, now, of course, vinyl's back, but, but, but it's, it's just trying to think outside of your box. I am not just a baker. I can I can do much bigger than that. I can I can do things that are that would um, that would allow me to function if we couldn't make cakes anymore. Um, Uber maybe this is an example. Uber started out as a a, a taxi service, but what they've turned into is. Um, a delivery service. They're delivering humans and they're delivering food, right? Mm -hmm. You don't see Lyft making that transition. No, good or bad, right or wrong, but, but if they can deliver food, then guess what? They can also deliver packages. They can. So it's, it, so you, you, if you're going to, you can't niche yourself into adaptability and growth in many cases. To so me, it leans to that question that is kind of a pet peeve of mine is about relevance and how do we keep ourselves relevant? Right. And that you're not just adapting, you're not just changing. And I think that's a pet peeve for other people, for your stabilizers and your implementers are like, stop changing things. Why, why do we have to change this? That is not a necessary change. Yep. So I think stabilizers get frustrated when it seems like adaption is happening for no necessary reason versus when you're adapting in order to maintain relevance, it seems like that's often an area that companies get too attached to their old agenda to attach their old product. Mm -hmm. And then they begin to lose relevance and the more they lose relevance, they get closer to extinction. If you're just asking that question, how do we keep ourselves relevant? Do we need to adapt in order to maintain our relevance? Right. Yep. Now that's any other questions of the macro. Yeah. uh, On the micro, no, on the macro. So some of the things that, that, I thought about was what is the bigger opportunity that I'm, that I'm providing. Um, so every service is a, is a way to meet an opportunity. Every product is a way to meet an opportunity. Um, uh, what's going on in culture. So again, we go back to, to being able to read the signs of, of culture and in the community. What's the, what's the opportunity um, you know, how do we, how do we adapt and maintain that relevance to, to meet the changes in culture? Um, are economics changing, you know, profits, margin, are profit margins changing those kinds of things. Um, and so that's a, to me, those are both, that's a, a macro framework. Um, and then, um, then another big framework, another big macro question that I think is important to ask is what happens when I start this? If I haven't started it already, what happens if I start it? Um, and I'm a huge fan of Shark Tank. Uh, I think they've done a great service for the entrepreneurial spirit spirit in, in, in our culture. And one of the questions that they always ask, or many, they ask many times is, can this be replicated? 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's a question that we all have to struggle with. Can this product or service be replicated? Now, if you've got a cleaning business, you know, people are doing clean, opening cleaning businesses all the time. So yes, that service can be replicated. Um, so what happens if it's replicated? How do I, what can I do? Um, you know, so, so some of the things that I see just in my own community, um, I get flyers dropped off at the mailbox all the time from lawn care mm-hmm. companies, right? So it used to be that they would just come and cut your grass. But now uh, I saw one the other day. Uh, they will do, um, they'll do gutter cleaning, tree trimming, mosquito spraying, um, aeration, um, weeding, anything that happens in your yard, it seems like they'll do. Because what are they really doing? So in order to connect all of those things together and not be like, and we'll pick up your kids and right. make you hot dogs for dinner. Um, in order to not just become the, oh my gosh, we're hurting for business and we'll do anything. What is the continuity? What is that underskirting that allows those to all connect together? And so that, yeah, so I would see them potentially um, as an an outdoor environment specialist, mm-hmm. right? So that's how I would frame, I would not frame myself as a lawn care company, even though that's what their name is. I would, I would frame myself as an outdoor environment specialist. So you got bugs, we take care of that because we, you want to live outdoors. You know, this is, this is for people mm-hmm. who love to be outdoors around their house, outside of their house. They want to, good-looking yard. They'd like to entertain. So we'll take care of your yard. We'll keep bugs from being around it. We'll, you know, make sure your tr- trees are trimmed, your grass is growing well. We'll, you know, fertilize and do all that kind of stuff. So it's, a, so you, it's how you frame that and how you think about yourself. And it's not just a, it's, it's not just a, you know, here I'm throwing things in to, to, to try to keep business coming in. It's, I'm not just a, a mower anymore. My mm-hmm. service is offering outdoor environmental control. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And, and when you do that, then you begin to be able to offer services that, that fit within that framework. And you, you can, you can dif- differentiate yourself from others who are just mowing the grass. Perfect. So the filter is kind of, it goes back to that. Why, what are we really providing? Who are we really not being defined by our service or our offering, but by the experience that we're creating right. or the larger picture, the feeling, the essence of what we are really up to and that anything that you offer is tied in and connected to that. Yep. And don't offer things that don't tie in and connect to that. Right. Um, so don't, don't, mm-hmm. I mean, you potentially could get, when you think about those experiences, you could, you could move into handyman building decks and things like that, painting, outdoor painting. I mean, there's, and so you, then you've got to evaluate, am I trying to do too much? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? What is our core service? Where does that become right. value add versus it diminishing returns? Yeah. So what did you say? Uh, diminishing returns. Diminishing returns. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're doing Good. things. So just noticing, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just noticing the time. So yeah. I was going to shift to kind of our last four points, but say that last piece that you were saying. No, that, that was, that was, that's where I was going to go to. Okay, perfect. That. So we kind of step three, we're developing this new adaptive strategy, both the micro and a macro view the the big picture and zooming in and being specific and then what about how how in the last five minutes can we wrap up the last four steps what's your thought on that yeah so so out of that and and it's really it's really quick these are kind of general business things that, that we ought to do regardless um so out of all of that you develop your strategy and and you develop a feedback loop um, because you want to 
you want to take that strategy, you want to start testing it, and you want to start testing it in short periods of time. Because you don't want to test it, you don't want to get feedback in two years, and that's the first feedback you get. You want to want to be able to mark some some timeline. So, you know, timelines I think about are 30, 60, 90, 120, 180 days. Take your strategy, devise a plan, and then develop how you're going to get feedback out of that. Mm -hmm. And then you've also got to define success. Um, Is success 20 new clients a week? Is it 10 new clients a week or 20 new clients a month? Is it a, a... uh, a profit margin is it um, you know you have to define how you're going to deem this strategy a success and then is you that begin, really in step three about developing a new adaptive strategy yeah that's so that's that part, that's of part of it yeah yeah okay. and then you communicate that strategy to the to your employees to your your stakeholders so so there's there's communication from you to your employees. Then you, you know, you begin to communicate that to the market. So that's your marketing piece. Um, and not so much the strategy, but, but who you are and how you implement the strategy and how you're going to, you know, your identity. So, you, so there's the, the communication piece that is both internal and then external. And then you, you set out and you implement it. You do it. And then you test it. You get your feedback. Do we need to tweak anything? And then if you do, then you go back and you start making tweaks. And it just becomes a cycle of tweaks. Short-term, in some cases short-term, in some cases long-term tweaks. Um, Because, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. There there are things you're not going to see at 60 days. There are things that you're not going to see at 180 days. But you have to develop that feedback that loop and then you, you live within that loop and then you start tweaking it. So really the, the feedback loop kind of encapsul- encapsulates, I shouldn't use that word, um, <laughs> the, the last four steps because step four is communicate the strategy, which is communication is this ongoing process of people knowing what's going on. How is the communication rolling out? Right. What are we doing? Why are we doing it? When are we doing it? Timeline. Where are we reassessing it? Whatever. So communication strategy, strategy. Step five is testing that strategy. Is that working? Is that Mm -hmm. being effective? Step six, gathering feedback. What are the ways for us to know whether this is working? What are our measurables? Putting those measurables in place. Right. Step seven is adjusting. But you're saying to kind of have this plan, whether you're looking at 30, 60, 90, and that this loop happens 30, 60, 90, roughly or whatever it is, that really those last four steps are all part of the feedback loop. Yep, they really are. Because, you know, again, some things, you know, if, if you feel like you have to be at 20 customers within 60 days to make this a viable business, right, then you've got to have that, you've got to have that feedback. You've got to mm-hmm. have, you know, be able to look down and say, do I have 20 customers in 60 days? Right. So that's, that is a very simplistic aspect of getting feedback, but you've done that because you've defined what success is. You've defined some of those times. I need, I need 20, 20 customers in 60 days. I need a hundred customers in, in 180 days. I need X, Y, and Z because of costs and profit. I mean, you know, all the, the business numbers because you can't leave, just leave out business at that point. Um, but yeah, so it, the last pieces of it are really just about feedback. Um, because if you don't gather the right feedback, then you're not going to know how you need to tweak your strategy. And if you don't know how that's happening and, and uh, how you need to tweak your organization, your strategy, um, then, you know, eventually, then in essence, what you're saying is I don't care what people think I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And um <clears throat> And, you know, if you're Steve Jobs, you might be able to get away with that. So, um, but most of us aren't Steve Jobs. Well, so. and I would guess even Steve Jobs is going to have a plan for that, that yeah. there is a structure or a system of somehow, how, how do we know 
to me, it kind of goes back to that really basic recipe is who is doing what, by when, and how do we know? It's that fourth question that leaders seem to always forget to ask, which is, how do we know? How do yeah. we know that got done? How do we know what happened? How do we know how that went? Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that's it. Good. So I love the feedback loop and how it bundles those fours. So really it feels like the bulk of the work, gathering your group together is pretty simple and turnkey. Defining your current reality is pretty fun because it's more a snapshot back at where we've been, looking at where we're at, and then what's going on that we need to adapt to and making sure we really understand the essence of who we are, which then tips us into how are we going to adapt or change or evolve given what's going on, which leads us into step three, developing a new adapted strategy. And then really step four is pretty simple with creating your feedback loop to communicate, Mm -hmm. test your strategy, have a measurable, gather feedback and adjust. Yeah. Great. Perfect. What, um, where do you think people should start with this? If they're overwhelmed getting started, where, where do you start? I just really, I think you start by, by looking at who you are. I think if you do nothing else, if you figure out how you got to where you, if you can figure out why you're in the situation you're in, if you can define that reality, then that gives you the ability to say, okay, now at least I know who I am and I know my heart and I know my passion and I know my core. And now I can start moving in a direction that's going to help me maybe change what I do, tweak what I do, um, develop something different. So I think it all starts with that, that defining reality piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of just deciding what is organic and flexible and what is core to who I am that if I lost that, it changes really why I'm doing this or my identity. So coming back to that identity. Yep, exactly. I love that. That's great. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing this. And um, just want to thank our listeners for tuning in and uh, we want to wish you luck as you are working through this. If you have questions, post them. We'd love to banter. Right. Absolutely. And if you need help, um, we'd love to talk with you, uh, you know, about that as well. So you can contact us through the website, innovativeleaders.co, or just leave a message uh, in the comments. All right. Sounds good. Have a good night. All right. You too. Take Take care. care.